Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, the home of powerful conversations. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Alan O'Mani. Alan is a renowned personal trainer, fitness and fat loss expert, former professional Muay Thai fighter and podcaster. You specialise in helping busy men over 30 get in shape and rediscover the joy in training. You've made a name for yourself as one of the premier trainers in the UK, recognising early in your career that the real needs of your clients ran much deeper than training and meal plans. Getting to the core of each client's blockers and limiting beliefs has been the secret to your success. Alan, it's absolutely phenomenal to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I feel very honoured. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure, genuinely. Um, you know, we've spent a little bit of time together and finding out about your story and a lot of the things that on the, the surface that you don't actually see about a person. So mm -hmm. it's been quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's funny, it's only when you speak to somebody else do you really realise how interesting it is because, you know, our own story, we've lived it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when someone, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, well, is it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so, yeah, like uh, when I was invited on, it was uh, felt very honoured. It was great. Thank you. Awesome. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, I mean, if we can start uh, going back to, you know, your early life, um, where you grew up, Mm -hmm. uh, and generally what the, the whole experience of growing up was like for you? Um, yeah, uh, so I'm Irish, uh, <laughs> so I'm from Cork, uh, yeah. right in the city. Um, so we, we moved, along, moved around a lot, but uh, I'm always, I was always from the, the city of Cork. So when I was born, we were living on the north side of the city. And um, as a child, and people are always quite surprised when I say this, I was just this really scrawny, I was always tall, gangly, uncoordinated, really ill a lot of the time, uh, and with this mad, crazy afro. So <laughs> I literally looked like an upside down toilet brush. <laughs> I was that thin, and I, my hair was that big. <laughs> um, I no interest in sport. Um, I no interest in food. Uh, I was yeah the polar opposite to what you might think I was. Uh, I was never the jock or the athlete or anything like that. So, um, but from, uh, from a really loving home, uh, two parents, uh, um, obviously two parents, but one's passed away now, unfortunately, okay. uh, a brother and a sister, uh, I'm the eldest of them. And yeah, it is, uh, again, what I would call a very normal upbringing. Mm. Um, you know, my parents done our best to provide for us, good values, um, yeah, and a, a, just a really solid upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I've never been to Ireland, believe it or not. All right. Um, so, I mean, you, I, I know Dublin and Cork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how would you describe it as a, as a place to somebody that's never been? Um, Cork, it's, it, there's two sides to Cork. So geographically, it's the biggest county in Ireland. Um, so you have well, West Cork, which is obviously west of the city is absolutely stunning. Some of the most beautiful scenery, you know, like very, right, very similar to Scotland, you know, really green, right on the coast, absolutely stunning. Mm. Uh, and then you've Cork City, which um, I, I think because Roy Keane is from Cork as well, and, the, <laughs> and it's the best description I've ever heard is that I'm perfectly balanced, I have a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, so it's, Cork City is probably more akin to Glasgow in that it's a bit edgy, okay. you know, everyone has that little bit of edge about them, that little bit of bite, you know, it's almost aggressively friendly. 
Uh, but it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, I do like it. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> good stuff. So, I mean, what were your aspirations? What were your career plans growing up? Where did you envisage yourself? Oh, so when I initially, when I started finishing up school, so what we would call sixth year, uh, when you're age 17, 18, that type of way, uh, I had no interest in going to university or anything like that. But at that point, I was getting into uh, training and actually going to the gym a bit more. So I was more interested in kind of physical uh, exercise. But what I actually, I wanted to be a fireman. Yeah, yeah, I always make the joke, I'm an accidental personal trainer. Um, But you could say it's an accident or it grew organically. And Mm -hmm. it it has grown organically for me, which is great. So when I I left school, I just started working full time because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I had to wait for the fire brigade to to recruit. Uh, In the meantime, I started taking up Thai boxing and only because there was a club not far from where I was living. So I just thought, oh yeah, yeah you know, I'm fit. I, you know, I like this, this resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So I went down one night and I loved it. I was hooked. I, I was absolutely hooked. And so a couple of years went by, I was still working, still waiting on the fire brigade to recruit. And uh, I was just training and getting better and better and better. I was having, mm-hmm. uh, going, then what went into the, with the advanced class, so with all the, the fighters. So I started sparring, started, then having some amateur fights and um, yeah, it was then saying, well, you know, uh, do you want to fight? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, why not? It's it just, again, it, I never set out, I never started it to fight. It mm-hmm. just happened organically. Um, I was, I was, I was okay, you know, I was all yeah. right, had a few fights, won, <laughs> won a lot of them and um, because then you you know I was kind of a senior fighter in the club at that point. Uh, people would often uh, say, you know, do you do private sessions or stuff okay. like that? And, and I used to spend so much time down in the club anyway. I said, yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I almost again I accidentally personal training people. Um, yeah, good grounding for that, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah. again, it, it was just organic you know all I did all of it was just paying my fees to the gym so it was it was a win-win to me so I got the way I looked at it is I got to train for free yeah sweet yeah yeah totally um that uh, so I didn't when the fire brigade recruitment process came up uh, I didn't get it in the end got through to the last round but at that point then I was really really into training really into wanting to learn more so I then done my first fitness course mm-hmm. uh, I can't, God, I can't even remember the year, uh, mm. in in Ireland, in Cork, and loved it so much. I then moved to London to do my degree in sports science, and then I loved that so much. Well, certain parts of that I loved a lot. Mm-hmm. I then done a master's in sports physiology. Uh, so again, my education grew all quite organically as well. Yeah, which yeah, is, very uh, much so. Yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to find out a bit about your, you know, your sort of Muay Thai. Uh-huh. Um, I read on your social media that you spoke about the fact that you dieted down to 3% body fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, what sort of techniques did you use in order to do that then? Uh, oh, do you know what, it's, I, back then, I had zero, and, and no one in the club really did either. Yeah. So with no guidance, uh, idea of nutrition or anything like that, all we had to do was make the weight for the fight. 
And now we did know how to, you could dehydrate yourself for about three, four kilos of just water weight wow. and then rehydrate after that. That's a common practice. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I had no idea. Uh, I've, I have I just trained loads and loads and loads, like yeah. hours upon, like you train twice a day for hours on end. You know, you wow. run in the morning for um, two, uh, depends on what you're doing that evening, but it could be up to like two hours run. And then, uh, conditioning work in the evening with pad work and probably sparring then as well. So the amount you would burn is just insane. And, you know, at the time I was, you know, early 20s. So hormonally, I was at my absolute peak as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But when I was, I only know I was 3% body fat because when I was doing my <laughs> fitness course, we were doing body fat testing one day. Okay. And they, they used me as an example. And he was like, the teacher was like, this can't be right. And but then he was like trying to grab the skin. And yeah. he was like, oh my God. He's like, Alan, that's actually not healthy. Like, I was like, oh no, but it's only for a short period of time. I come back up, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I had no idea, to be honest. It, it was getting to 3% was never the aim. The aim was to make weight for a fight. Yeah, yeah. But admittedly, that, I think that time, that I, that fight was at my lower, I was a lower weight. So I was, I, I think that was at 73 kilos, where I normally fought at 75, and I'd probably walk around at about 80, 79, 80. So. Okay. So that was lower than normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you posted some footage, actually, from your, back in your, back in the day. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was a head kick knockout you won by, that's actually, right, which is quite, right. quite awesome to watch that. You look, you know, because of your height, you're quite a sort of rangy fighter, you use a lot yeah. of kicks and stuff. Keeping yeah, very it long yeah, which mm -hmm. is really cool. What what would you say was the biggest takeaway or the biggest lesson from, you know, that chapter of your life? Um, again, uh, I, I spoke about this recently. It was that uh, extreme responsibility, and where that came from was when I first started sparring and uh, and being in with the uh, the fighters and stuff. Uh, I remember getting my nose broken one night, Jesus. and. Well, I nearly got knocked out and my nose broke, <laughs> all in one combination. <laughs> and uh, if, if you ever got a, a big shot to the head, it's, it's, it's almost like you're underwater, everything's slow and, and you can't hear quite well. And I just remember someone shouting and roaring in the background and I thought, oh, someone's here to save me. But the, the coach was actually shouting at me because I was bleeding all over the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when I kind of came to, I'm like holding my nose is like over here, and yeah. blood everywhere. And I was like, I didn't do it. He's like, you let him hit you. It's your fault. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I didn't see it at the time, but upon reflection. So there I am trying to fix my nose and clean the bloody blood up. <laughs> and um, he's like, well, next time you'll learn. And <sighs> wow. admittedly, a harsh lesson, mm -hmm. but one that stuck with me. Um, and it didn't happen again. So. Wow. No, not terribly sympathetic. It, it wasn't that type of place. It, <laughs> really? This, no, oh yeah. Like, Spitting sawdust, oh, old yeah. school. Yeah, uh, it was a badge of honor to kind of survive that place. Um, wow. It was a, a fighter's gym, like you could smell the testosterone and the, <laughs> and the attitude in the air. It's, it was a, a badge of honor to come out of that place. Yeah, uh, but that's why we were good. We were, we were such, we were a good club. Yeah. And no one liked to fight us because we had a reputation. Uh, 
uh, within Ireland, but obviously the community would be quite small, um, and the UK as well. And of course, then you'd have your own individual reputation and such. But um, yeah, it was uh, not the place to get Molly coddled. <laughs> no, no. But brilliant preparation for life. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, the camaraderie as well you have then but with some, you know, real, real tough men, you know, tough lads. And when you go through a training camp for a fight together, a lot of the times, you know, we'd there'd be at least a couple of us fighting at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, to go through that, to get like that intense training regime, that intense dieting, the, the, the self, everything, you know, it, it bonds you in a really, really kind of extreme way. So to have that camaraderie against a real group of alpha males is quite special. Yeah. And to, so again, that's something that uh, will stick with me as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the really striking things for me, pardon the pun, was I love it. Was really the sort of physical transformation that you've gone through, because mm -hmm. um, you've posted a lot of pictures of how you looked, you know, back then. back in the day, and um, yeah, you look really radically different now. Yeah, um, yeah. What was that process? How did how did your approach to uh, fitness and nutrition change? Uh, well, a lot of it's education. So, like I said, mm -hmm. um, I'd done my first course in, in back in Ireland, and it was very, very, very basic, but mm -hmm. it was enough to kind of spark a, a passion. Uh, then, when I'd done my degree course, that goes into more detail and and so on. So, the education side was a ma um, because a lot of it I was just applying it to myself, and it's like, oh right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was great. In terms of I don't really have a, a plan for my body, I guess, you know. Um, back when I was fighting, I didn't really care how I looked. Like I said, mm. I was more there for function mm -hmm. and making weight. Didn't care. Don't get me wrong. It was nice having a six pack. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, but it was. But it didn't really matter because uh, I was there to fight and not to look pretty. Um, during, um, at, uh, then, I, as I mentioned before, I broke my back, and mm -hmm. which was, uh, so I burst two discs, L5 and S1, they just popped out, and the, the, the muscles were so tight and um, spasmed up in around the vertebrae, it actually cracked the, oh the vertebrae God. as well. How did that happen? Uh, from sitting down. <laughs> really? Well, again, within context, uh, yeah. I, I was on a run of fights, and... Um, uh, it, they were taking their toll on me. Uh, mm -hmm. Some were easy, you know, I, t I just took on too much, uh, typical. And I could feel everything stiffening up. Like, I wasn't moving as freely. I wasn't, I just it felt a bit out of sorts. And then my whole lower back was getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I came home one night and I was training for a fight. And I came home one night and I just kind of plopped myself down in the chair. And I think, I just, oh, like, oh my God, I, f I felt like I'd been shot. And uh, yeah, the pain was mm. like radiating down my legs, and uh, yeah, Jeez. that was me. What did you think you had done? Um, I, I had no idea. I, it was it was um, it was such a weird sensation. It was a combination of nerve pain, of broken bone pain, yeah. <laughs> um, and muscular spasm. It, it was just a combination of everything. Yeah, uh, and it just everything then just clamped up and. What's worse is that 
when the muscles uh, spasm up, it's a self-protecting, so you, so you don't move. Yeah. But because the discs were pouring out, the extra pressure was making them pour out even more. So I had, oh. it was, yeah, so um, <laughs> wow. some long, long uh, uh, road to rehab ahead of me there, but I had mm. no idea at the time. I just, something went and uh, I knew it hurt. Was that pretty much the end of your career? Pretty then much, or? yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah, it was, yeah. I didn't think it was at the time. Um, at the time, again, I defined myself as a fighter. That's all I was, it's who I was. And anything that didn't back up that identity, I didn't do. So I wasn't out drinking, partying much. Um, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. a very solitary life. Um, mm -hmm. I was very selfish. Uh, I was very one-dimensional. And because that, that's what I was, you know, I, I was a fighter. And then when that gets taken away from you, it's like, who are you? Yeah. And yeah. It, it's only upon <laughs> reflection have I gone through that, but at the time I didn't know because I kept trying to come back, but it's never the same, mm. never the same. Mm. I, I had that fear and uh, a fighter with fear is... is, is yeah, yeah, it's, it's like Anderson Silva after breaking his leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I, I saw that injury and I, I get it. Uh, no, he was obviously a much higher level than well, I ever was. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, if he, I thought mentally, if he ever got over that, I, that is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think what my original question was. I think it was about your oh, transforming your sorry, physique yeah. and then the back. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, so then, yeah, uh, so I broke my back and uh, so I couldn't even, I couldn't train um, in any shape or form. I could barely walk. Um, so I gained weight. Now, people will say, oh, you didn't gain that much. I hmm. gained a lot for me. You know, it, it's yeah. all it's all relative. Uh, was I overweight? Probably not. I was probably still okay. Probably mm -hmm. just slightly. But not a huge amount, but a vast difference from being a, an athlete to from who people feared, you know, and did not want to be in the ring with, mm -hmm. to not being able to put my socks on, yep. is yep. a big, big shift. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, not so after that, I was responding quite well to physio, and my physio at the time uh, recommended I start doing Pilates. So I started doing that and I was, so I was getting better and better and I was like, well, that's at least some form of exercise. Not exactly what I was used to, but mm -hmm. needs must. <laughs> and I just started kind of doing things that felt okay. Um, I, the odd time I would try and go back and hit pads and stuff like that and I couldn't move for next week. It just <sighs> So I, at some point I did, made a, the decision to not hit pads again. Um, but yeah, uh, and over the last couple of years, um, I've been relatively pain-free and doesn't stop me from doing anything. So I started mm. lifting weights more and more, and I thought, well, I was always quite skinny. I was always quite, uh, you know, underweight. So I'm 105 kilos now. I used right, to okay. fight at 75. So <laughs> 30 kilo of a Jeez, difference is quite a massive. lot. Yeah. A so um, now, was the uh, did I make a conscious decision to gain 30 kilos? Absolutely not, you know, but it's equally, I would uh, say, yeah, do you know, I wouldn't mind getting a little bit bigger. And and again, my kind of professional development grew from there and understanding what I responded to, how to do it and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, so now yeah. I'm, I'm at a place where I'm, I feel good, I'm happy with how I'm looking and um, yeah. So there was no conscious plan. Mm -hmm. It almost just 
ended up like that. Yeah. How, how would you describe your approach to um, your, your nutrition, your diet and your, your training? With myself or with clients? Yeah, no, with yourself, just oh, right. initially. Um, again, it really depends on what I do. So, like I said, when I was a child, I had no interest in food. As a grown man, I love my food. <laughs> I'm a real foodie. Um, so this whole re- old school bodybuilding, chicken, broccoli and bright rice type yeah. thing, I could not do. It's not me. Okay. I love flavour. I love you know taste. I love texture. So, but I also love convenience. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit of a catch twenty two sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I, I take a really flexible approach generally. Um, I, I like, for example, right now I'm going to my sister's wedding at the end of the month, and that's over in Portugal. So I am dieting down a little bit, and so I will keep an eye on my calories. Um, I'll obviously just start eating a bit less of what I do, but I would say. 80% of my food is that always cooked and prepped by me. Uh, the other 20% will be that one or ma- maximum two nights out, I'll either have a takeaway or, an, or a meal out. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I don't need to live like some sort of pariah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Why, why not go out and have enjoy myself? So Definitely. Good stuff, good stuff. It's interesting, I've been on your website having a look uh, around some of your things uh, and you, you talk about, you know, here's what you can expect from me if you're working with somebody. And number one, I will not help you lose weight quick. Yeah. <laughs> number two, if you don't want to put in the effort, you're not going to enjoy my methods. And number three, if you're looking for the easy way, I don't want to help you. You definitely have a very sort of to the point approach uh, <laughs> and, and I suspect that's maybe come about you know through uh, experience it has <laughs> and I will also admit my approach has mellowed over the okay. years as well so uh, I'm kind of cringing as you said that that'll, that'll be changed tomorrow but it, do, it does stand true yeah. uh, because I'm not about quick fixes um, I'm not here to sell a supplement to anyone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The basics will always be the basics because they work. And that's such boring advice and it's, no one wants to hear it. Everyone wants to know it's the secret, right? But there's not. It's consistent and it's discipline and it's all those boring things. And I get that they're boring, I, I, do, I know. But it's the truth at the same time. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, <laughs> I, my, my approach has mellowed, okay. definitely. I, okay. I definitely come with the, uh, things from a more understanding an empathetic point of view uh, with as I've gotten older. But yeah, that, that must have been a few years. <laughs> well, back I don't know. Some, some of your social media uh, content is quite thought provoking and can be quite, um, dare I say, triggering, but for the mm-hmm. right reasons. Yep. Um, looking at some of your posts and we can we can come to that a little bit later mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's interesting to find out your psychology around that. Mm-hmm. But um, so hypothetically, say somebody wants to start working with you or they start working with you. I mean, maybe talk through what how that works. Yeah, um, when when someone reaches out to me, again, I, I do look, and that's exactly, you just said the exact word that I always use, the psychology of it. There, we're, as humans, we tend to be more motivated by the avoidance of pain more so than the reward of pleasure. <laughs> so when someone emails, in that moment, they're in pain, maybe not physical, but emotional, um, mental, something's going on within them to go, I need help. And so that's a real big thing. And I think it's more of a bigger thing for men as well to, mm-hmm. to really kind of admit that to themselves. So, um, and that's what I mean, I'm very empathetic and much more understanding than because of 
that's what they need at that time. You know, they're almost coming to their moment of biggest weakness. Mm. Um, so the very first thing is very similar to here. I sit down and have a chat. You know, mm. I try and make them at ease. Uh, I try and understand them uh, as best as I can. The, the things they struggle with, um, how it impacts their life. Um, you know, from their day to day, you know, some people are, have their bellies are so big they can't even tie their shoelaces mm. and, uh, and things like that. So that, that's the thing that really gets to me. You know, not just that, but the, the real day to day inconveniences. And it's not me judging them, it's me going, ah, oh, mate, that's, that sucks. You know, yeah. I was like, right, I can definitely help you with that. So I want to understand them and support them and not judge them and make them feel worse than what they already do because. Mm -hmm. That helps nobody, hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so um, from there, I we then try and find so right. What's one thing that you can realistically do that has the biggest impact? Because if I again through experience, if we try to fix everything, mm -hmm. and they, they're probably excited because they're now speaking to me and see a solution in place, they want to do everything. I'm like, nope. It doesn't work. <laughs> you might do it for a day or two yeah, and yeah. it'll all come crashing down. And so I say, one thing that we can do consistently. Again, I know it's boring, right? But it works. It yeah. works. And if we can do that, if it's, say, 10,000 steps a day, if it's going to the gym three times a week, if it's cycling to work, whatever it is, we are trying to get a plan and play, we agree on it. And if we... At the end of each week, I review it, say, right, you said you'd cycle to work uh, five days a week, you've done four, not bad. Right, next week, we're just going to nail that. And then, right, we're going to add something else in now next week. We're going to make sure we drink at least a litre of water a day. So mm. I'm all about the small wins and the consistency, but that builds momentum. Yeah. And that momentum then, so small changes. So I'd rather do 100 small changes than one massive one. Yeah. And, uh, it's less overwhelming for the, for the say, all right. Sometimes it's almost ver too underwhelming for them. <laughs> and it's like, is that it? I was like, trust me, yeah. <laughs> that's all you need right now. And, and go from there. And mm -hmm. uh, I just try to take that fear and that anxiety away from them and just start drip feeding in more and more and more things as we go forward. Um, <clears throat> this is maybe a bit of a cliche question, but what would be your number one uh, piece of advice to somebody looking to say lose weight such a common thing oh god <laughs> yeah um well, I'm, 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 <laughs> there's hundreds of things that i can think of, of but course. i'm trying to give something yeah. that might be a little bit different um <laughs> i think a lot of the time uh, we unconsciously eat and even i'm guilty of it so um and i hate i hate saying it but you know, maybe for a week or so, you could you should track calories mm -hmm. just to see because so many people would drink calories like in our coffees, yeah. uh, pop and things like that. So I even eat normally, like eat exact, exactly as you do, just track them and you'd be quite surprised at how many. Um, I, and every now and then I'll do it as well just to kind of rein me back in. Um, but yeah, I would say track calories. Um, bar if you didn't want to do that, like it is very convenient. So 
you know, with so many apps and stuff like that, you literally just scan the food. So yeah. it's, it is, it's not as hard. It's like a MyFitnessPal type yeah, thing. Yeah, that? that's a great one. Again, you can argue about the uh, the accuracy of it, hmm. but you're just looking for ballpark figures here. Yeah. You know, you'd, it's, we're not looking for NASA. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not an athlete. You're an everyday person. You're, we're just looking at, you know, 100 calories plus or minus is not going to make or break you. Yeah. We just want a ballpark figure here. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would say would be uh, look to improve the quality of your food. You know, um, nice. It's it's very hard to overeat, uh, and I hate the word clean food. Like, I, I don't use that term at all. But like food from the land, you know. Mm -hmm. and if you improve the quality of your food, it's actually very hard to overeat that. No, it can. You can't. You mm. can have the most perfect diet in the world, but still gain weight. So it does come down to calories. However. Uh, there's also health, you know, you have to consider health as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so improving the quality of your food, um, more veg, more fruit, more proper cuts of meat, you know, less meats like burgers and uh, things like that. So yeah. that would be the next thing. And um, the last one, um, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the biggest defining factor in the amount of calories you burn is not your exercise and your or your structured exercise and training, as I would call it, is more your movement over the course of the day. Mm. So, you know, a lot of our jobs these days are, you know, um, desk jobs or they're quite sedentary jobs. So we don't move around as much. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what's called a NEAT, N-E-A-T, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that has much more of a bearing on calorie burning than mm -hmm. your prescribed exercise. So those 10,000 steps a day is actually far greater calorie burn than the hour you've smashed it in the gym. So move, basically move more, walk more, do the gardening, you know, mm. um, leave your car at home type thing. Um, of course, within, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you manage to do those three things, like, now, I would reckon 90% of the population will be in a much better position health-wise and um, aesthetically-wise. Yeah, 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 very much so. What are your thoughts on the supplement industry or things like fat burners or creatine or BCAAs, protein? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, have their uh, they have their place. You mm -hmm. know, to say that they don't work is, is ridiculous. They do. However, is that what the person needs right now? Um, a lot of the time, no. If your first port to call is supplements, then you've, your, your priorities are really screwed up. You know, um, move more, eat a bit better. Yes, it's very oversimplified. Uh, you know, I do understand that. But what it would, your supplements are so far down the list of things you need to worry about. Um, a lot of the time they're not worth considering. Yeah. The only one I would uh, consider if for people would be a, a good protein shake. If just for convenience sake, if nothing else, um, you know, if you don't have time to eat during the day, it's really easy. To, you could use it as a, a meal replacement if you wanted to. But again, if only if the person couldn't eat during the day. You know, so mm -hmm. besides that, everything else is kind of, you know, one, two percent improvements, yeah. which, you know, uh, for someone who's very out of shape and overweight, mm -hmm. then that's not worth it for them. It, yeah, you know? yeah. It's not worth the money. What's your favorite protein? Uh, well, I hope I got a sponsorship for this now. Uh, I, I use uh, a company called Bulk Powders. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that sponsor Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully me now after this. 
uh, they've got quite a lot of influencers working for them, actually. I think they do oh, is quite a, I'm sure there is, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they do quite a few sort of TV and uh, social media ads and stuff. The, uh, I, I'm just, I've been with them for, for quite a while. Um, again, my life's up and regime is very, very basic. Uh, I have a protein shake, um, which I vary between a whey, which is a dairy-based one, mm -hmm. and I also do a, a beef one. Um, because I'm not hugely great with dairy in terms of digesting it, so yeah. I like to alternate between the two. And uh, a vitamin D tablet, because I don't see the sun enough. Um, so just solely for health reasons. Yeah. That's it. That's a big one, actually. People yeah. definitely don't get enough of that. I mean, probably globally, but especially in the UK. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, in Scotland in winter as well, you know, we're so far north, the, the, the winter nights, they're long, right? We get yeah. a couple of hours daylight. Mm -hmm. So I would up my dose then um, during winter. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, nothing, nothing magic, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Y you do a 30 day challenge. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear about how it, how it works. Uh, really, really easy. So again, there's, there's nothing inherently magic about what I do, uh, you know. And like I said, <laughs> very I'm, humble of I, you. I, but it is true though. It, it is true. <laughs> like all, all I'm doing is well, ultimately trying to manipulate people into being healthier. <laughs> like that is that is the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. <laughs> you know. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I've done again. So like I said, I I feel way more confident, really happy in myself to be able to help. Well, me's, you know, the, the me's of the world. Yes. And so I, so I sat down and I thought, right, what are the things that are my friends struggling with? And like on our WhatsApp group, I have like the world's best um, uh, uh, sample audience. So I said, like, lads, what are, <laughs> why, you know, what are the problems with your training? So I drop <laughs> in the odd question. The, the, they hate it. <laughs> but uh, time being a big one. Um, uh, being able to get to the gym is another one uh, mm. because obviously families, uh, they tend to eat together. So if usually uh, their wives or girlfriends uh, or partners would cook, then the, f the food might be out of their control. Um, yeah. uh, the accountability, they don't enjoy it. It's not fun. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so all these things. So I was kind of saying, all right, well, I can actually address each and every one of these points here. So... Um, I so I have an app and I've so I started creating kind of workouts but just really quick you know say 30 40 minute type workouts that can be done either in the gym or at home um, they don't uh, they, then the food side of things so I, again I planned workouts over the course of four weeks and mm -hmm. they kind of increase in intensity as you go through the, the the program because well you know you get fitter yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Food-wise, um, so again, there is shopping lists and things like that uh, to to give you more ideas. For those who tend to be a bit more analytical and want to track everything, cool, I, g I can give you all that, all the things that you need specifically. For the lads who just want to eat a bit better on the go, then I also have that as well. So I love using my slow cooker. So oh, I have yeah. a, a rule for mo food prep, which is called five minutes or fuck it. <laughs> so if it takes me more than five minutes, I don't do it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah honestly, it's the best thing I've ever, honestly. Oh. If any, that's actually, though, I take back my earlier advice. If anyone wants to lose weight, invest in a slow cooker. Okay. Best thing ever. I, so before I go to bed every night, 
I chuck whatever meat, so it could be chicken, could be diced beef, could be fish, whatever. Uh, maybe a tin of tomatoes or some coconut milk, whatever I'm feeling like. Because again, I love flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, chuck in some veg, stir it all up, leave it on overnight and it's done in the morning. Really? Yeah, yeah, like that simple. So like you said, I love my food, yeah. but I also love my convenience. convenience. So, um, so for the lads who then mm. just, they wake up in the morning, they chuck it into their Tupperware and off they go. Yeah. So the, the convenience side of it is, is quite attractive to them as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then we, uh, we have them all in like a, a Facebook group and a WhatsApp group. So uh, I, I kind of set out like little mini challenges and stuff like that. And it's great for the banter and stuff like that because, you know, lads, we tend to be a bit standoffish with each other and it, it kind of be, has that alpha male type mentality. Yeah. But I take the responsibility and the role there of kind of breaking down those barriers and just, you know, bringing that bit of a fun element, that competitive element. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great. Everyone gets involved. And so at the beginning, we have like a what I call it, a fitness test, but it, and everyone has to record it and throw it up in the group. So okay. it's the accountability side of it. <laughs> and so, so it's like um, as many press ups as you can in 60 seconds. I literally don't care if it's one or 100. It does not matter. Uh, as many jumping squats in 60 seconds and as many sit-ups in 60 seconds. So nothing outrageous, but it, it's good fun, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and everyone posts in their videos and everyone starts bantering each other and it, it breaks down the barriers straight away. It's yeah. great. Um, but I, I make notes. Uh, so I have a little Excel sheet and I put everyone's times in. And then at the very end, I, I put, they do the exact same challenge and I put the new scores in and I calculate the percentage improvements on each of them. And I, I, they, it's great, you know, it's mm. great for accountability, it's great for that competitiveness. Um, uh, and then the, the, the winner gets a, a t-shirt. <laughs> so, you know, nice. win-win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And, uh, you know, I'm always there on hand anyway. I do weekly uh, videos in terms of topics and, <laughs> Um, but yeah, anything they want to ask along the way, that's that's what I'm there for. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. So, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's been great. It's been really, really. It is a lot of work, but it's it's been so much fun as well. And to to kind of build relationships with these fellas and to to help them and to hear you know they then sometimes message privately telling me how much you know happier they are or you know things that they couldn't do beforehand and their confidence is coming. It's great. I absolutely love it. Hmm. I absolutely love it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Something that seems to have become immensely popular and is probably come from the sort of bodybuilding, um, uh, you know, sort of niche, if you want, is like meal prepping. Yeah. So having, you know, Tupperware containers with That's like right. chicken breast, a couple of bits of broccoli and some rice. I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts around that? Well, like that, it's... Uh, so why that whole thing has come around is because um, they're what's called single macro foods. So you can easily gauge the amount of protein by the amount of chicken. You can easily gauge the amount of uh, carbohydrates from the rice and you know broccoli for your, your nutrients and your minerals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that whole thing has come to be. And especially if you're a bodybuilder, um, you don't want to have any foods in your diet, especially near a competition that will bloat you or make you retain water and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that, so because they're ultimately then the leanest people on the planet, <laughs> well, it makes sense to follow their advice, right? And I can kind of understand the, the, the logic in that, <laughs> yeah. but it's not realistic, you know? Um, 
you know, I, I do have a colleague, he is a bodybuilder, he does eat like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's fine with it, you know, that's what he signed up to. And me personally, I'm not a bodybuilder. I love my food, I love my flavors. I would not eat like that. Okay. So, it, you know, so if you want to do that, crack on. But <laughs> it is a very bland and often miserable life. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, like, you know, someone who would look at you you know, in the condition that you're in and the fact that you're like, you know, a nutritionist and personal trainer and these things, I, I think that maybe people would assume that that's something that you do. Oh yeah, I get it, yeah. all, I get it all the time. What yeah. are some of the misconceptions that, that, you know, you find from other people? Oh, I, I, I actually really hate, you? I really hate uh, telling people what I do. Genuinely, because um, it's like, oh, so it's usually one or two things. It's like, oh, you're a health freak. <laughs> Mate, I'm in the pub with you right now, <laughs> you know, with a pint in my hand, <laughs> you know, um, and it doesn't offend me. It's just like, oh, I have to have this conversation again, you know. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is then, um, I was like, oh, should I be eating this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. Or no, I, I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, so either either one of those two things I get a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess because I'm a PT, again, people have that uh, stereotypical, uh, we, we all have preconceived ideas about certain things, right? And yeah. they'll have a certain pre, uh, unless they've worked with a trainer or a really good trainer before, then they might have a really positive opinion of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, it's, uh, it's kind of met with a bit of suspicion and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy hearing your views on things. You have quite a sort of counter approach to um, health and fitness because there's so many trends nowadays where people yeah. are just like, oh, that's a thing to do. And so many trainers have a very similar way of doing things, mm-hmm. whereas yours is quite, uh, yeah, I like it. Oh, thank you. That's good. Thank really you. Good. Um, again, like when, you, when you said earlier, I, I did discover quite early in my career that People need more than just training and meal plans. It's yeah. it's the why. It's the the underlying reasons um, that drive us. That uh, that keep us on track. That you know. And I, I once I kind of realised that, and then that's just opened up a whole new world. And the thing is, like human psychology hasn't really changed. You know, we're mm-hmm. to me, we're still cavemen, but just with iPhones. <laughs> Nothing really has changed yeah. in, in that respect. So to to get under the surface, so that's why a lot of my, my musings and yeah, they could be a bit of a rabbit hole sometimes, admittedly. Uh, even though, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I find the psychology of change of uh, identities. I find it fascinating because that is ultimately what I'm doing. I'm facilitating change and ultimately looking to change someone's identity from the overweight, they might have been overweight all their lives. Mm. So how can I expect them to change to a healthy person overnight? I Mm. can't, it's naive, Mm. you know? Um, There's a lot of internal struggle that comes with that and to Mm. recognize and understand and appreciate that, that that is what really helps your clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think are some of the most common reasons that people hold themselves back or sabotage themselves? Um, I think identity is one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, our subconscious has, uh, has two main functions, to create an identity and to keep it and to keep us alive. 
but it only looks to keep us alive in the short term, so on a day-to-day basis. Right? Mm-hmm. So the, an, an example I've often used is that if you're someone who has a cake at 11 o'clock or a donut at 11 o'clock every day, you are that person. You've ingrained that habit and you know, say, right, 11 o'clock, you know, you conditioned yourself into doing. If I took that donut away from you, at 11 o'clock, you're going to be like, <laughs> you know, you might even break out into sweats and, you know, yeah. because that is goes against your identity, right? And you're, you're then trying to use your willpower. Now, willpower is only a finite source. So you have all of a sudden, I know it's only a donut, you know, let's not lose sight of that. However, there's so much more going on than that, mm-hmm. right? We've, you are a person who did this yesterday. Now you're a person who doesn't do that today. Your subconscious go, no, what the hell? We done this and we kept us safe. We like, we have this identity. We're alive. Mm-hmm. We should do this every day. Mm-hmm. And to not then do it, it, it is sending out all the it, and these thoughts and, and everything else and this huge amount of struggle and your willpower. Like you said, it's finite. Your subconscious is just insanely powerful and uh, it'll kick willpower's ass all day long. Mm-hmm. And you might get away with it for a day or two or three. Ultimately, the donut will be back in your diet soon enough. Yeah. So that, so when I said I can't expect everyone to change overnight or to change everything at once, it's too big a change. Yeah. It's, yeah. That 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 subconscious, that identity, is just locked in. You know it. It's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of people have um, theorized that the holding that extra is an actual physical protection as well as as a, um, as a side effect of eating too much. Okay. So, um, so yeah, once I kind of discovered that, I said, like, right, that is, so how do we start moving away from that identity is, uh, is, is quite tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, is it small incremental changes? It, it depends, yeah. I, I'm a much bigger fan of that than mm. all out um, <laughs> full on changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. um, when you don't, and I'd often heard about people say, oh, I'm an all or nothing person. Well, chances are you're a nothing person then because <laughs> going all won't work, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just too much to take on board. And um, so we ultimately, like I said, I have to, I'm manipulating them to a certain degree and facilitating change into a new identity, into a new person. So, um, mm a more confident, healthy, ultimately happier person for sure, but they don't know that person. That person's over there. They never met that person. Yeah. So it's scary, right? Uh, so yeah, it's um, by understanding all that turmoil mm-hmm. and being there as a reassuring force, then that's um, that's been how I've approached and some of the, the, I guess, secret to some of my success with the. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever struggled with you know, addiction or obsession? For myself? Yeah. Do you know what? No, no, I haven't is short answer. And I can find a balance with everything in my life, but I could not find a balance with Thai boxing. I was, that, like you said earlier on, that was me. I was all in. Mm-hmm. Nothing else mattered. So with that, no. Uh, and that's why I can't go back to it um, <laughs> because I couldn't just half-heartedly do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It's that for whatever reason I don't. Again, maybe because it took me so long to come away from that identity, to to go back to it would means it would really 
throw a lot of upheaval into my life now. So, um, yeah. Uh, addiction, no. Um, yeah, but unbalanced with that, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I really want to ask you about, um, you know, sort of obesity and the food industry. Because, yep. uh, you know, in a sort of Venn diagram, there is an area at which they both sort of interrelate. Mm. Um, why do you think obesity is such a big problem today? Oh, such a big question, isn't it? Um, th there's so many factors. There's so many factors you can look at, like societal. Mm. Um, yeah, the food we eat is you know generally poor quality food, um, mass produced, and all that. Um, then people take less responsibility for their further intake. Um, you look at societal pressures and so, you know, so food is such a social, like the thing is we need food. Yeah. You know, end of, we need food. So mm -hmm. we socialize around food, you know, we, we've, um, we meet, we celebrate with food. It's such a societal and emotional thing then as well. So it's such a multifaceted, um, you know, we're so busy as people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have apps that we can just have a pizza on our door in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The convenience of the lower quality food is just unbelievable. Um, mm. Oh, take a pick. Yeah. Take a pick. Yeah. You know, like I said, <sighs> like I said earlier, I'm I'm a massive believer and fan of like extreme responsibility. Yeah. So I can't control what companies are producing what food. All I mm. can control is me and my little corner of the world and I can control what I put into my mouth. Yeah. And and that's so I it's easy to look outwards and point fingers. And yeah. And again, there, there is definitely responsibility there. However, I, because I can't control that, I like to look to control the controllables, which is me, and uh, take full responsibility there. Yeah, so. yeah I kind of go back and forward on it as to whether there is a, you know, an onus on the government or regulation of the food companies to not produce such bad food. But I think you're, mm -hmm. you're right, ultimately, it's, it's the responsibility of the individual it is to yeah. change the way that they're and I, I know firsthand how difficult it is but mm -hmm. yeah i think mm. you're probably right it is um and i do think the there is um more change coming with that and in a great way i i, uh, I go to the cinema quite regularly and i saw a sign um just by the concession stand saying that the they were recommending people choose diet drinks not the full sugar drinks um because it was cheaper Oh, really? Yeah, right? so I think there's some, you know, I know there was a lot of talk about the sugar tax and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, but again, not world changing, but definitely a, a little bit of a step in the right direction. And yeah, um, so yeah, but, Interesting. you know, people are going to do what they're going to. We, we live in a society where food is omnipresent, you know, we're no longer hunter gatherer. It's, yeah. it's delivered to our doorsteps. So um, now that we don't have that in our lives, it's like, oh, what do we do to fill our time? <laughs> and a lot of the time it can be eat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, difficult, difficult. It is, uh, like you said, it's trying to take responsibility, but without judging yourself either, making yourself feel, oh, it's all my fault, I'm fat. <laughs> that, <laughs> that helps nobody, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, when I say take responsibility, I mean own it, like, and take the power away from it 
I can give it back to you. Like it's it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. But mm. sometimes people misconstrue what I say by it's your fault. <laughs> it's like yeah, but that's a good thing because you have the power to change it. Yeah, you know, exactly. and it's actually a really good, uh, powerful thing. Yeah. Not uh, me judging you type uh, up on my high horse, <laughs> which can be very very common in the fitness industry. Yeah, so I do why people so. understand why people get triggered by uh, things like that and, mm-hmm. or misunderstand it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an emotional thing, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, which is a nice segue into social media. Um, what's your favorite platform and why? Okay, yeah, I, I have different things for different reasons. So um, Facebook, I, I like because of the groups. Mm-hmm. I think the groups are great. I'm a member of, uh, well, lots of different groups from social media groups to entrepreneur groups to training and nutrition groups and uh, things like that. I very rarely post on my personal profile anymore, but I would use my, I guess my business page, is what it's called, uh, for content and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube, I use YouTube more as a resource. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't really use it as like a social media, you know, I very rarely comment on things. Uh, I don't watch many like YouTubers, I wouldn't know that, you know, th- that universe. Yeah. There's, there's a few channels I, I'd follow, Inspired Edinburgh <laughs> being one. Thank you. Um, but there is another one, uh, like Arsenal Fan TV. You know, I'd always a big Arsenal fan, so I'd watch mm. that. Um, uh, the, 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 the few funny ones, like the Bro Science one. Did you ever see that? Uh, uh, Dom Mazzetti sure. is his name. No, I'm not sure. It's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's a fitness-based one, but it's very, very funny okay. in that he... Uh, it's uh, it's all done ironically, uh, so it's very good. It's, um, <laughs> but more of a more of a resource uh, than than anything else. So f- uh, certain yeah, coaches yeah. that I'd follow, um, certain nutritionists and things like that, who I really really rate that they I watch their content, but um, more as a, like I said, as a kind of self development resource more so than. Um, me being social and then yes, Instagram yeah. then tends to be where I would be more so um, in conversational and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'm trying to think. I think it was probably Instagram that I first found you actually. All oh, right. Um, and you know, I wrote down some of my personal faves on your Instagram, um, <laughs> where it's just like literally a quote that's posted. All right. It's a sort of meme, and you've got like, you may want to unfollow me. <laughs> None of my clients have ever lost have, have ever lost weight. That's um, right. But that's, that's right. you know, you go on to talk about because they know where the weight has actually gone. It's yeah. like in the rep or in the. It's done very thing. consciously. Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, I lost my keys. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my god, I lost twenty pounds. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> One of the more recent ones you've done is. Um, why warm ups are like foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. you can see why I'm divorced. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's posts like that that are so good for engagement and because they really get people's attention. Yeah, again, um, you know, I I never post. A lot of people post controversial stuff to be controversial for controversial sake. Yes, and. Yeah. I find that boring. I find it childish and I find it um, bratish. It really doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, But there's nothing wrong with being tongue-in-cheek, to having fun, you know, um, which is why um, recently I did a bit of a a social media audit and I was looking through my stuff and I was like, this is 
boring as hell, you know. Um, so I I stopped posting for a few days, and I say, what do I want? I say, why do I use social media? Why? What do I want to put out there? What What is it representing of me? Mm-hmm. And quite quickly, I learned, was like, well, people don't know anything about me, you know, and. Yeah. So yeah, it's great posting exercises and tutorials and, and things like that, but um, why, why should they listen to me? They don't know me. And so they, all right. So I kind of really quickly, well, I say quickly, it took me over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of highlighted my, my story as it were. And, yeah. uh, I, and I posted, f- uh, so over the course of five days, I had like five different stories of uh, my story and, mm-hmm. It went. Uh, people were absolutely loving my my social media has gone insane because of it, but they felt. But I think it's because they got a better understanding of me. Yes. And be, me being so open about breaking my back, what and having fighting being taken away from me, uh, from getting divorced and and you know because you know people we all have maybe some people put me on a pedestal. I don't know. But uh, for them to see some of the things that I've struggled with or gone through, they're like, all right, that's a way more human. Exactly. And uh, yeah, my social media has been much better since. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, <laughs> well, warm up to life foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I, I would say that on a daily basis to people, like, come on, let's do some foreplay. And just as a throwaway comment, because, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, it's just how I am. And then I thought, oh, actually, I'll remember that one later on. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people's approach to social media, and I, I sometimes think this about myself, is that you feel almost there's an obligation to post something like, oh, yeah. I've not posted anything on Instagram for a couple of days. I should probably do that mm-hmm. rather than have a sort of coherent strategy or some sort of, like, I really like that the storytelling element to it. Yeah. So that's very cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did feel compelled to post. And, uh, uh, and when you do that, it, it never works. It never clicks yeah. uh, because, my co- like I said, my content was boring. It was dull. It lacked any context, and uh, it was actually causing me more work and more stress than anything. <laughs> yeah. And where I thought, I don't know, I'll just put a pause on that because, well, I can. <laughs> um, you know, um, I ca- I'll always concentrate on the people who are paying me first. You know, they're my priority, and. And then I thought, oh, do you know what I could do a bit better here? And, and I actually enjoy writing as well. So it's, uh, it's actually quite nice to, well, write stuff, not necessarily about me, but write stuff that people enjoyed and that uh, resonated with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. What, what are some of your, do you have, um, you know, sort of spiritual practices or anything like that? Do you have routines, maybe like meditation or cold showers or anything mm-hmm. like that? Uh, both, funny <laughs> really? enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Meditate daily. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just something I do. So like you a know. guided type of meditation? Yeah, I, um, just kind of a, a body scan. You know, yeah, again, I have an app that um, I always make the point that if you can't find 15 minutes a day, there's something seriously wrong in your life. <laughs> you know, we can all find 15 minutes. You know, we really can. So just, uh, and I kind of do it at different times. Um, uh, sometimes if I work in a pretty particularly long day, I will find 15 minutes just to sit down and just kind of have that body scan, just to just to check in with myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like it. Other time, if I finished, say, in the afternoon, I came home, um, yeah, I would just sit down on the couch and do it and just kind of, that's, you know. Um, so I don't have a set routine with that, but mm-hmm. it is just something I'll, I'll always do. Um, 
well, you know, because it's not hard and I enjoy yeah. it and I feel the benefit from it. So. Yes. Um, shower, yeah, so my morning routine, again, we were talking about this during the week, actually, me and some of the lads. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a cold shower every morning. Um, and again, it's in Scotland, that's pretty cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but like most, uh, I'm up about half five most days. Seriously? Yeah. And I, re I just really hated like bumbling out the door, you know, relying on my coffee and, you know, taking about a couple of hours to get going. Um, so I say, like, oh, I'll have a shower, that'll wake me up. And they do. And uh, I'm a massive, massive fan of uh, Wim Hof. You know, mm -hmm. we've often spoke about him. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, just, just one morning, I just totally turned the knob the other way, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I tell you what, that was uh, a shock. And ever, I'm, I think I'm out nearly on a six-month uh, streak at the moment. Uh, every morning, bam, even on weekends. Good effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not pleasant. It's not, it's not that's pleasant. the idea. Yeah, it's I know, the, That's precisely. the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's not pleasant. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because we did uh, an event not too long ago, um, which was that's like right. the Wim Hof breathing and then going into, it was a reservoir, that's but right, it, was, yeah. it was cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't was, warm. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. And it with things like that and with... For the longest time, I was like, why do I love doing that? Why am I drawn to extreme things like that, from, from fighting to cold showers to, you know, um, even with my weight training, you know, I, I would train pretty hard. Mm. And I recently discovered, for me, it's, it shows you more. Like, I can tell so much about a person by how they train. Uh, and it sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but bear with me. Um, and there's a quote I read, it's, how you do something is how you do everything. I love that quote. And when, if, let's say for example on a bench press, right? and it doesn't matter how fit or strong or unfit the person is, right? It's, training is a physical stress, and what I'm looking at is how they react to that physical stress. Mm -hmm. Do they quit and give up and start moaning? Do they grit their teeth and get it done? Do they get angry and fight back? And I can tell so much about a person within that those couple of minutes. It's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> but equally, I also apply that to myself. Now, a lot of the times, I might say that to the person. Like, for example, I've, I was training with uh, one of my colleagues um, during the week. And she's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that weight. And I was like, no, you absolutely can. And uh, she'd done it quite well, relatively easy. Mm -hmm. I was like, you have a habit of holding yourself back, don't you? She, well, saying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it shows, it shows, and it, it's, um, it allows me to, to see them as a person in a, in a totally different way. Some people say it allows me to see your, their soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for me. And what I love about it, because if I can look at myself uh, subjectively, mm -hmm. What type of person am I? Am am I when the tough get, when it gets going when yeah. it when it gets when it's when I start struggling? Do I bitch and moan and throw it away in the temper tantrum? Hmm. Do I protect my ego and put the weight back and go? Do I grip like again? And it can vary from day to day. You know, we all are, you know we're none of us are machines. We have different moods. Hmm. But what am I seeing back hmm. from this right now? 
do I like it? Do I like that person? Do I want to be that person? Yeah. Yes or no? If it's yes, awesome. If it's no, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, so it kind of goes a little bit more. So yeah, I meditate daily, but my training can also be quite meditative. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, and I use them, I use training and, and back in the day fighting to ultimately see who I am. Mm. That they're, to, to me, they're tools to, uh, to see who I am and what I'm about. Who are you? What are you about? Oh, God. Oh, I walked into <laughs> that one, didn't I? <laughs> and again, this is a pretty recent discovery as well of mine mm-hmm. as well. So recently, sorry, for the longest time, I, I, uh, I didn't know because you're, I'm the type of person you could put me anywhere and I'd be all right. So when I was down in London and Richmond, I had like multi-millionaires and they would invite me around the houses and I would feel confident and happy and they felt confident and comfortable inviting me into their home and I you know, could behave accordingly and, and all the rest. Equally, you could put me in the most spit and sawdust, toothless pub mm-hmm. and I'd be absolutely, I'd be able to banter away with the lads and I'd be fine. You know, I could go to an opera one night in a black tie, I could go to a death metal gig the next night. <laughs> and f- for the longest time, I'm, I'm like, who the hell am I? I'm a chameleon. I don't know who I am. Mm. But I've recently, I've kind of flipped that round and go, well, actually, it's my biggest strength. I'm relatable. I can get on with all different types of people. I have very little preconceived ideas. And uh, I will try and I can. I have a skill set and a personality to find type of common ground mm-hmm. and, and bond with people over different things. And so that is who I've kind of discovered who I am in that I can, I can be a couple, and, and it's okay to be different types of people. I can be the warrior, a whole, or, you know, in the ring fighting, mm-hmm. or I could be a home reading philosophy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how, I say, why do I not have a middle ground here? But it's okay, I'm not one dimensional. Yeah, and yeah. that is what I've learned about myself is that it's okay to be any a, num- a number of different things at any given point. Yeah, it's a great answer, man. Oh, thank you. You handled that really well. Oh, that's <laughs> no question. <laughs> Genuinely not rehearsed either. That, that yeah, was that exactly. was something that um, well, that's I was like my hmm. what I thought was one of my biggest weaknesses because um, I was never uh, what I felt was ne- I was never consistent in my personality. Well, I am. I just can adapt to environments and bond with different people and, and different scenarios and different situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. How do you feel is your purpose in life? I think much like that, different areas of your life or my life, I'll have different purposes. Mm-hmm. So. I guess there'll be some common themes uh, throughout because like you say, how you do something is how you do everything. So integrity, I'll always try and do things with the, with the utmost integrity from my work to my friendships, to my relationships, um, my intimate relationships and things like that. With purpose, in a work setting to, I guess, ultimately is to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is at its core. I use fitness and changing their bodies and ultimately their minds and in some way their personalities yeah. as a tool to help people. You know, there's people who need help with that and that is what I do. And my purpose of being a partner 
is to be a good partner, is to be the, the, the masculine presence within a relationship. Mm. And when, if and when I ever have kids, it my purpose it will be the best father I can to give them the best template of what it's like to be a man or what it's like, or how a man should treat uh, a woman. And uh, So from different areas, I'll have different purposes. And I don't think I quite have them all figured out just yet. But I'm, uh, right now, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah. So uh, I don't have a straight answer for that one, unfortunately. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's a great, that is a really good answer. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. What do you think it means to be a man these days? Oh, God. <laughs> I think it's hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not to say it's, you know, this isn't to, to trigger or to be controversial for controversial sake. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, there's other type, there's other, you know, women have harder, harder. It, and, you know, you could say black people or minorities. And you, so you can have all these different subsections mm -hmm. that have harder, harder than the white male. And we've, yeah, we've had a pro easier compared to others. However, that doesn't mean it's easy. Mm. And so I think that's where, I think we're almost like a forgotten, uh, so, God, how would you, I was, was going to say gender, but I we're not a forgotten yeah, gender. Yeah. We're, a, we're a forgotten, or I think masculinity is often criticized mm -hmm. and not very well understood, both by women and by men. Mm. And a lot of what I've been reading and learning now it is about masculinity, is about the, the history of masculinity and where it's come from and why our behaviors tend to be like that because you know which ties into my work mm. why you know why do we behave in certain ways yeah um but yeah it's there's there's a lot of things you know we're not we don't we're not taught to be what it's like to be a man mm -hmm. you know and what i've also learned is that what is there's a difference between being a good man and being good at being a man <laughs> And there's a real big difference there. So, um, you know, if you look at it traditionally, the, a man protects, provides, is that strong kind of stoic uh, presence. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do definitely bring a lot of that to, to a relationship. But when we talk about equality, I never really like using the word equality because I don't think men and women are equal. We have different strengths. Mm -hmm. Like the... I, I'm definitely a very masculine man and but mm. I understand that and with that there is shortcomings mm -hmm. whereas the feminine really gives that brilliant lovely balance to the masculine and mm -hmm. vice versa mm -hmm. so the feminine you know kind of supports and loves not unconditionally but it's much more nurturing yes it's very very different and for me I love having that in my life. It's a real, real balance. So we're not equal because if we're equal, to me, we just come like this. We're, mm. we're um, interchangeable. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, personally, I absolutely love it. Uh, a woman, a feminine, a woman who embraces her femininity mm -hmm. is one of the most attractive things for me. But what is it like to be a man How, <laughs> god it's yeah. it's hard it's hard because you know for for everything that's wrong in the world white men get white straight men get blamed for it right yeah uh, so I, th I think it is hard we, well, we get the blame if, for everything if you look at 
male suicide rates is an indicator of what it's like to be a man. Abs something's yep. not right, something's Absolutely. out of balance. Yep. What, uh, why, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think we've got such a problem? Again, I think it's, there's so many part, uh, different reasons. I think mm -hmm. a lot, we, we're, we might not have uh, an idea of a role in society as much. Mm. Um, we're not. Because we're being lambasted from, or what it feels like to be lambasted, yes. from left, right and centre, uh -huh. I say, all right, but who's, who's here to appreciate us? <laughs> you know, I think we're lacking a bit of love. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. uh, I think we've lacked purpose mm -hmm. because, again, you know, if we're, uh, if we, if women seem to be more and more and more independent, which, don't get me wrong, it's great, but where do we fit into their yeah, lives? Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, how are we appreciated? Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, becoming harder and harder. Hmm. I'm glad we went there in conversation. Yeah, uh, it's I kind of wanted to bring it up with you because I know it's something that you've uh, you've kind of looked at or thought about. Certainly, it so. is very much so. And I, I'm really kind of at the the beginning stages of really uh, studying it and understanding it more. And, and there's a lot of really interesting content out there. A lot I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. I think it's almost too far of. Well, I don't. I don't think it'll be centre because that goes against my point. Mm. But it's it goes too far for me. Whereas. Um, but I do understand. I, I understand the thought processes. I understand the reasoning, and mm -hmm. some of it will resonate brilliantly with me. Others, some of it not so much. So, for me, I kind of I take on board what feels good and feels right, mm -hmm. uh, in in line with my values, and I I I wouldn't say ignore, but I, I do listen to it, but maybe not take on board or or action or look to integrate into my life or my way of thinking and being mm -hmm. um, because I don't think it suits me or it doesn't feel right to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you like your legacy to be, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> We're going deep. <laughs> We're going deep. I've no, yeah, going deep. What would I like my legacy to be? One of the benefits, oh, there's very few benefits of losing a parent, but when we're at my dad's funeral, and of course everyone's sharing stories and stuff, one of the most common things that people kept saying is that what a good person he was, or what a good man he was, and what a gentleman he was. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, what a great legacy to leave behind. And so I've definitely, I would love for people to say those things about me as well. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, that I was a good, I, that I always tried to do the right thing. Even if it meant upsetting people or hurting people, if I can always try and do the right thing, then I'd like that for my legacy to be. At least hopefully people could respect that, even yeah. if they didn't agree with that. Mm. Powerful, powerful stuff. Hmm. How do you define success? Hoy. <laughs> God, such a relative and subjective term, isn't it? Um, again, I think you'd have to break your life into certain areas and, and judge it that way. Well, I would anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, financially, you know, because money's a big part of our lives. Um, 
Well, the basics would need to be down a roof over your head and clothes on your back, but long term, uh, to be able to provide for uh, a wife, I'm open to get, or maybe not even a wife, a long term partner, mm-hmm. uh, and kids, uh, to give them that safety, that security, and, and ultimately the options, because mm-hmm. that's what money brings. Uh, in terms of my work, um, again, I have, you know, I, I am successful in my work. It's a case of being, do I want to be more successful? Mm. The answer is yes. So to be able to help more people, to be able to reach a bigger audience, to have more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I am successful. So I'm very big on showing gratitude for what I already have, yeah. more so than constantly looking forward about what I don't have. Mm. Um, again, in in uh, in friendships and other relationships out with is to have people that well that I like and that who are good for me and that you know enjoy and have fun with without you know bringing each other down to you know that is success being able to build like making friends as an adult is hard <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest things I, I really came up against in the <laughs> divorce is like how do I bloody make friends <laughs> um, so to have people in your life uh, that you could that you love spending time with who are great for you and that you're good for them mm-hmm. is is definitely a, a measure of success um, mm-hmm. and and your relationship with yourself yeah Huge. I, I, if you could be happy in your own company not all the time, of course, but then that shows, or to me anyway, it means I know I'm at peace mm-hmm. and that I'm, I'm extremely comfortable with myself. And, you know, there's, there's people in the world who would give the right arm for that. Mm-hmm. And so that would also have to be a measure of success. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I, would, uh, how I would look at it in through different lenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What are some of your your sort of future plans or your, I mean, life goals is big, but yeah, you're sort of, where do you see yourself going? Uh, again, in terms of work, um, I, I have uh, a fear <laughs> of being a 60 year old personal trainer. Okay. <laughs> and as much as I love what I do, and I genuinely do, really? uh, I don't want to be 60 and doing the, doing this. Okay. Uh, so I am currently working on Uh, going into the education side of things. So being able to uh, create my own personal training qualifications, Mm -hmm. but more than that, to just to offer support and guidance on for PTs who either want to be employed or self-employed and show how they can, you know, inspire and, and create ultimately the next generation of PTs because it is a great industry. I do love it. Yes, it has its problems, and yes, it's highly unregulated. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can show people, or, other, or I can show other PTs that there's, you don't have to have a massive social media following. You don't have to get your backside out every five minutes. You don't <laughs> have to be shredded. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sell supplements. You can genuinely impact people in a really, really good way. And the qualification is only part of it. It's the ongoing support and mentoring after it uh, to really give them that platform to, to genuinely help people more so than surface level, surface level helping people. Then yeah. that, is, uh, that is what I'd, where I'm going next and what I would like my work legacy to be. Okay. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the term personal trainer? 
Um, oh, I, th I think it's a it's a term that has a lot of connotations with this. Uh, like you said earlier, I, I hate telling people what I do um, because the yeah I usually get met with those two things of oh you're a health freak or uh, but people uh, there's a big trend and you might see it yourself on social media. People love to call themselves something new. <laughs> Life coach. <laughs> well, well that, at least that's its own thing. But I mean personal trainers calling themselves something else. Okay. You okay. know. Um, and <laughs> so from that I say, well, personal trainer is a good term. However, it has... So there's a lot of people out there like... Um, uh, a guy called Nick Mitchell, he owns uh, a chain of uh, personal training studios now around the world and wow. um, and he's he he's been brilliant i i absolutely love him he's very very direct however he, to me he has raised the standard of pting in the uk single-handedly wow without a doubt and he is giving a lot of credibility through his businesses and through his content he puts out back into the work term personal trainer so he he's a person who takes pride in that although he doesn't train anyone anymore he t is someone who takes pride in that and it's people like him give me my love back for it for that term i want to take it back more something oh pt mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's a term that brings up a lot of things for a lot of people yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i just was interested to hear your thoughts on that yeah yeah <laughs> what do you think is the best piece of advice you've ever received I always remember my mum telling me when I was quite young of make the most of what you got. And for some reason that's always stuck with me, although I wouldn't necessarily think about it on a daily basis. I remember, I'm, oh God, I must have been 10, 11, quite young. Um, yeah, she just, and it, it was, wasn't this really life-defining moment. I think she was just saying it in passing, mm -hmm. but it, for some reason it stuck with me and it must have stuck with me for some reason. Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, um, make the most of what you got. Mm. Yeah, because that's all you have. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to speak to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Right. So 20-year-old Alan was, uh, was a fighter. Um, and, and although to look at him, it's funny, I'm always talking about him as a separate person. <laughs> but he, he actually was, though, mm -hmm. because um, he, on the surface, he, like you said, he was, he was fit, he was strong, he was fierce, he was skilled. He, he, like, I kind of talk about him in no other terms except as a fighter because that's all he kind of was um but he he was riddled with you know self-doubt and and like i guess most 20 year olds are even though you, you'd never think it the advice would be, would be very straightforward in that don't worry about things too much they will work out the problem is how would i get that through to 20 year old alan because mm -hmm. he like I said, I like to control the controllables, but I'm also way better now at letting things go. 20-year-old Alan could not do that. Mm -hmm. Everything needed to be in his control. And things will work out the way that things will work out. And there's no, it's wasted energy uh, thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So 
that would be the advice, but the trick would be to get it through to him and say, it's fine, relax, yeah. enjoy enjoy things a little bit more. Yeah. Stop trying to control everything. <laughs> what do you think 20-year-old Alan would think of you now? Wow, <laughs> there's a question. <laughs> oh, I don't think he'd like him. Seriously? Yeah, oh. 20-year-old Alan knew it all. <laughs> he knew it all. And when, when you're a fighter and when you're talking to someone who's older, you would, um, you'd always get this, oh, I used to fight, or I used to do some martial art, and I'm like, oh, all right, here we go again. But I think me now would... My, because I'd always describe myself as quietly confident. I'm not the rah rah look at me type. I never will be. Mm-hmm. But I can sit there and I can take things on board and I don't necessarily over, I definitely don't overreact and I, I don't react a lot of times. So, but a quiet confidence would really unsettle 20 year old Alan because he was, he was, he would ready to go. He, he would go like that. Okay. Whereas 36 year old Alan would be like, Calm down, son. Yeah. Yeah. And being more emotionally mature would yeah. really unsettle me. So, yeah. I, I think he'd be, I don't, uh, initially, I don't think he'd like me, <laughs> but he'd be intrigued and, but uh, very unbalanced by me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a great thought. I'm going to think about that for the next week. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'd like me. I don't think he'd like me. Only because he, I'd, this Alan is shining a big light on that Alan's insecurities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that, that's things that you've acquired through experience, and that's that's wisdom. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I was a bit of a know-it-all. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people in their twenties are. True. I know, and that's I, 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 I sometimes it can be overly harsh on myself. I need to just <laughs> ease off. But yeah, yeah. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? Wah! Oi, 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 Elliot. Change anything in the world. You see, this is the point where I should really say something like end war or end famine. And of course, those are great things to end. Hmm. But it's not what comes to mind first. Okay. So again, I want to be truthful. And even if someone thinks less of, less of me because of it, then so be it. What would I change in the world? Oh man, what a, what a question. That has really got me, that one. <clears throat> What's coming up? Well, just know, um, it get social conditioning. Oh, right, okay. And, and I speak from that from the point of when we touch on what it's like to be a man and uh, the expectancies and or the uh, judgments for yeah. being a man. 
uh, but also the what I what I perceived were the social pressures of uh, being divorced when I was thirty five. Mm. Um, so societal pressures, societal conditioning, I think, really keep people in a place where they don't want to be, but fearful for being outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think that would be one of the. I think that would probably be one of the biggest things. Social conditioning. Social conditioning, yeah, or, or something. Maybe I'm not explaining it quite well, but something along those lines where that. Um, Our, our limiting beliefs aren't holding us back as much for fear of the, yes. what, what we perceive through the wider society, how they'll react. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how others, uh, uh, less fear around how others see us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, like others will see us in whichever way they want, right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. And there's very little we can uh, uh, do to change that. So yeah. it's not so much that. People will either like, there's the, we'll have three modes. They'll like us, they'll dislike us, or they're, um, yeah. they, they'll take us, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. Uh, apathetic towards us. Uh-huh. So, you know, we very, I have very little control, and that doesn't bother me so much. Okay. Um, but more so, like, yeah, a person not liking me, fine. <laughs> a group of people disliking me. <laughs> 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 maybe, yeah. maybe the problem's me. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Ah, oh, yeah, that, that is a big question. It's a big question. That is a great question. Yeah, it's my secret weapon. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was not prepared for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. It is a really tough one. I've heard, I've heard pretty much everything for that as well. Yeah, like I said, I didn't want to give you some generic... Well, yes, I know. know. And of I course, know. yeah, getting rid of poverty and world mm-hmm. hunger, very important, of course. And I, I say that blasé, I'm not being blasé about no, it, no, but no. equally, it's, it was, if I'm being truthful with myself, it wasn't the first thing that came up. I wouldn't feel a genuine answer. I yeah. feel I'm just... Uh, Got to be authentic. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And again, it's uh, 20-year-old Alan would not have done that. He would have lied just to make himself look <laughs> yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Alan, I've loved speaking with you. It's been an absolute blast. Um, is there anything that, you know, we haven't covered that you'd like to, or are you... No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you made me feel so comfortable and so welcome. So thank you. Thanks, it's mate. been great. It's been a pleasure. Love it. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, my friend. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Cheers. You've been listening to Inspired Edinburgh. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe for more powerful conversations. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show and we'll see you at the next episode.